St. Thomas, St. Martin and Dominica in the Caribbean. This is the Tips for Travellers podcast hosted by Gary Bembridge. It's a podcast of inspiration, advice and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience on both land and sea. The podcast draws on over 20 years of experience of travelling every month of every year to luxury destinations on all continents and the oceans of the world. For more, visit tipsfortravellers.com where travellers are spelt with two L's, the UK way. Hi and welcome to this edition of Tips for Travellers. On the podcast today, I'm going to be carrying on with a Caribbean theme and I'm going to be talking this time about three amazing islands that I haven't covered before in previous podcasts. You can go back and look at previous podcasts to take a look at coverage of things like St. Kitts, St. Lucia, Barbados and Grenada. Today we're going to focus on St. Thomas, St. Martin and Dominica. St. Thomas and St. Martin are two of the biggest cruise ports but they're also massively popular as land-based destinations. But both, all of these places are very busy so what I'm going to do is cover a little bit about the history and give you some tips about what you should actually do to get the most of out, out of these islands whether you're there on a cruise or whether you're there on a land-based trip. Let's start off by talking about St. Thomas and St. Thomas I entitled when I wrote about it previously on the blog was from pirates and slave markets to the second busiest Caribbean port and world-famous beaches. St. Thomas is the main island of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Today it's got a very modern and very efficient port and its proximity to the United States has made it the second most visited port by cruise ships after Puerto Rico. It's also though it's very popular as a land-based destination and there's a lot of very regular flights in and out of St. Thomas. Like most Caribbean islands it was discovered by Christopher Columbus. He came across the island in about 1493 I read. It was though colonized by the Danes who made it a free port and this led to a massive boom in trade. Although across its history it's had a very mixed past because it was a well-known refuge for pirates and it was also home to the world's largest slave market. Now once slavery was scrapped it it never really quite flourished and it really struggled for quite a long time. Eventually the United States actually bought it and the other Virgin Islands from the Danes in 1907 so not that long ago they bought it for 25 million dollars. Now the boom of tourism and the growth especially of the cruise industry has led to a real revival in the fortune of St. Thomas to replace basically the struggling sugar industry like so many islands in the Caribbean it was all about sugar and with the death of the sugar industry everyone's looking for new things and St. Thomas really has embraced tourism. Tourism is the really big big revenue in for St. Thomas. Cruise passengers are critical but as I mentioned there's a big land-based tourism industry. St. Thomas can get very busy and very crowded because if there are all ships in so sometimes there can be as many as seven ships in port that means you've got 15,000 23,000 passengers in town on any one day on top of all the other people who live there or are there on kind of land-based vacations. So although there's a lot of things to do in St. Thomas, one of the best things to do is actually take to the sea. And, you know, one of the best and most popular things to do is to 
go on a catamaran tour. And it's very well organized and it's a very big part of things to do in St. Thomas. I'll talk a little bit later about if you don't like the idea of, of the catamaran, what else there is, is to do as kind of excursions or days out if you're staying on a land-based uh, holiday. But let's talk about the catamaran. These tours, you know, will leave from the port. They head off to Buck Island. And at Buck Island is a place called Turtle Cove Bay. Here you see shoals and shoals of tourists snorkeling about. And what they're doing is they're hoping to spot and swim with the endangered, endangered should I say, green sea turtles. Now, usually the green sea turtles do make an appearance. And though you have to be very careful when you're snorkeling in this area, partly because it's quite busy, but also, you know, you have to stay out at sea or, or get back onto your catamaran because it's a $10,000 fine if you actually step onto Buck Island itself. It's a protected kind of nature reserve. What only happens on the catamaran tour is you'll then head off to a beach, you know, such as Honeymoon Beach, which is the one we went to when we were there. There you can have lunch, you can swim in the beautiful, beautiful sea. The sea in St. Thomas is absolutely gorgeous. It's crystal clear. It's very inviting. So Thomas is a very beautiful island. It really is a beautiful island. It has great snorkeling. It has great swimming. It's a very efficient island. It's very clean. It's very orderly. It's got a slightly more western feel than many of the other Caribbean islands. It doesn't have that slightly kind of chaotic, noisy, uh, some might argue, authentic Caribbean feel that you do perhaps get in some of the more southern islands. Now, many people actually prefer this. They like the clean and tidy nature of, of St. Thomas. It's a very beautiful island. It's a very beautiful place to visit. There's a lot of emphasis on duty and tax-free shopping, particularly in the port areas, but also in town. So if you're very hot on shopping, it's a very good place to do duty-free and tax-free shopping. Now, if the catamaran tour doesn't appeal, you don't like being out at sea, um, a really great thing to do is to go, uh, if you're on a cruise ship from the port of Charlotte Amelie or from wherever you're staying on the island, to one of the stunning beaches. Now, probably the most important beach that you should visit if you're visiting St. Thomas is Magan's Beach. Now, Magan's Beach has been named as one of the top 10 beaches in the world by the National Geographic magazine. Magan's, it's, it's, I mean, the whole island's not particularly big. If you are there on a cruise ship, it's only two and a half miles from the port. There's, there's lots of taxis that can be a little bit... Uh, in demand if there's lots of ships in town but seriously if you're staying in in st thomas on a land-based tour make sure you get to magan's beach it's a beautiful beach you'll recognize the beach from the kind of the classic beach photographs of the caribbean it's used a lot and if you are on a cruise and you don't like the idea of the caribbean seriously it's a beach really worth getting to and it's not that far away so that's st thomas a very big very important port another very amazing port which i hadn't been to and i think is is real really worth visiting both again if you're traveling by you know you're going for a you know you're flying somewhere in the caribbean you're thinking of going somewhere some some Arden is great look out for it if you're on a cruise if it's a port and basically what makes it really fascinating is you've got um french and dutch style packed onto one beautiful paradise island it's the third most visited cruise stop in the Caribbean, about 1.7 million cruise passengers, about 1.5 million land-based visitors come every year. Most of those will pass through Philipsburg, which is on the Dutch side of the island. So basically, St. Martin is divided into two countries. It's got a French side and it's got a Dutch side. And 
they would argue and they talk about it's the smallest landmass in the world with two different countries on it. The Dutch side is 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 really one of the most popular sides, partly because it's the weather is a little bit calmer, so it's easier for cruise ships to get to, um, but also it has some of the most beautiful um, bays. St. Martin, very popular for its incredible beaches. It also has a lot of duty and tax free shopping. It's very geared for tourists. It's very geared for beaches and it's very geared for shopping. Most of the tours of the island are beach based. So if you're thinking of things to do and explore, it's pretty much beach based. You can tour, for example, through Philipsburg, the capital of the Dutch side, on everything from Segway, you know, those kind of Segway things through to cycling tours, hiking tours. Although most people just kind of lie about on the beach, visit the various, you know, loud and sort of quite um, boisterous bars along the beach and shop. What's interesting about Philipsburg is that is the road along the beach is called Front Street, which is packed with bars and shops, as I've already mentioned. And behind that is, is kind of Back Street. Now, Front Street is very interesting because most of the beach is reclaimed from the sea. And actually, you know, the the, the beach there and the whole promenade and stuff is all reclaimed the sea was much 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 further back now if you don't like the beach on the front a lot of people don't like it because it is quite busy um you know a lot of people a lot of water taxis people came off cruise ships but there are you know an incredible amount of beaches there's something like 35 amazing beaches right across the island to visit so there's a huge amount of beaches of varying kind of sizes and whatever to explore but it's a very kind of beach-based thing if you are in Philipsburg, there's water taxis that run constantly when ships are in port. So they take people from the dock to the beachfront and various points on the beachfront. It costs about $7 to use all day. Uh, if you want to walk, if you are on a cruise, it's about a 15-minute walk into town. But all along that beachfront there, along Front Street, you can hire beach chairs and umbrellas for about $20 a day. As I mentioned, St. Martin is very interesting because you can get both French culture, so it's very French on the French side. So if you're on a land-based uh, trip and you're staying, you get you know you can have all sorts of kind of very different experiences. Very beautiful French, French restaurants, French shopping, um, just a very French kind of uh, atmosphere. And the Dutch, which is kind of much more open and boisterous. The whole island, though, is very upmarket both in feel and look it's very well groomed if, if that's the right we're putting it. it's very well maintained it does feel actually quite european which is not a surprise because of the big french influence and the big dutch influence but it almost feels a little bit like you're kind of in in europe but with this caribbean sea uh but it, that that's why it appeals to people a lot because it is quite western it's very beautiful um and also saint martin is renowned for the beach at the end of the runway uh, if you look on YouTube, or you must have seen pictures of, of you know people lying on a beach and these massive big jets coming in to land. So what people will do is they'll go to that beach and they kind of cling on to the fence at the end of the runway as uh, planes are taking off, kind of almost blowing them off into the sea. So that's kind of a fun thing to do if you've got time in St. Martin. It's kind of one of those things that you kind of need to do. If you want to find out more, actually, you know, take a look on YouTube, you know, search St. Martin's or Beached Runway, and you'll see some crazy things going on there. St. Martin's a great destination. It feels very stylish. It's very classy. It's a great stop on a Caribbean trip, you know, whether it's on a cruise or whether it's, you know, you're visiting a couple of islands. Very easy to get in and out of. There's lots of connections, uh, you know, in and out of the island. So it's very accessible no matter which way you want to do it on a cruise or on a land based. The third island that I want to talk about, which is an island which I absolutely adored, which is Dominica. And Dominica is the nature island of the Caribbean. It's home 
of Pirates of the Caribbean 2, where 90% of it was filmed. And also it's rather spookily the home of bubbling seas, which in some ways is, is slightly concerning. And let, let me tell you a little bit more about that. Dominica, for me, is an absolute gem. I knew very little about it. A lot of people get confused with the Dominican Republic, but it's a different place, Dominica. And it really is an absolute amazing find. It's very different, it's very distinctive, and it really stands out from many of the other Caribbean islands. So even if you take a look at St. Thomas, which I've spoken about in this podcast, or St. Martin, this is a very, very different island. And it's known as the Nature Island. It's probably one of the most unspoiled and less developed of all the Caribbean islands. You know, it is on some cruise ship routes, not very many. It has a couple of very luxurious uh, resorts for people to go, you know, spend a week there or two weeks there. However, it's as an island, it's much less focused on, on the whole mass tourism business. Tourism is very important to it, but actually it's much more focused culturally on its eco outlook and it's very focused on its traditional industries like fishing and even agriculture. Dominica is the most rugged, it's the most hilliest, it's the most densely forested of all the Caribbean islands. It's not massively big, it's about 300 square miles. So for those of you who know, say the Isle of Wight in the UK, it's about twice that size. But it's got very limited kind of flat land because it's all these just crazy, wild, rugged mountains. And apparently only about 20% of its total land mass is, is kind of flat enough for building. So it's it's very rugged, it's very hilly. And from an agricultural perspective, very interesting. It used to be a major producer of coffee. Disease wiped that out. It then got into the whole limes business. It now does bananas. Now, limes actually are interesting because limes, for a very long time, were a very key part of Dominica. They produced um, lots of limes and a lot of kind of associated products for the old sailing ships, which used to use limes to help prevent scurvy amongst their crew on long voyages. So it's kind of, agriculture is very, very, very fundamental to the whole of Dominica and still is. So it was less reliant, say, on sugarcane because it was things like coffee, lime, bananas. So it's, you know, those are kind of endured whereas many other Caribbean islands have suffered as the sugar industry collapsed. Those of you who are fans of the film Pirates of the Caribbean, particularly number two, uh, a lot of it was filmed on this island. Something like 90% of it was filmed. And so most of the tourist maps you get will mark different parts of the island that were used. And of course, if you've got any tour, whether it's a driving tour or some hiking tour, or even some of the tours you know, out at sea, they will often point out various perspectives. If you're visiting on a cruise ship, you dock either in the capital at Rousseau or Woodbridge Bay, which is about a mile north of, of the capital. Um, or you can fly in, of course, into the into the airport. If you're cruising you step right off the ship into Rousseau it's a small town only about 20,000 people there's a great tourist information office there and there's actually an amazing local market at the tourist information office which is if you're visiting Dominica is well worth going to they sell kind of craft items which are baskets wood carving soaps spices hand-painted candles an amazingly really nice uh, it's not a massive um, uh, market but it's a really really amazing market with great colors and, and a great atmosphere the capital is so much of it was actually destroyed in 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 a fire but there's a whole mixture of kind of creole architecture and old georgian buildings but saying that across the island there's a very big french influence so you'll find you know a really french influence both in terms of the names in terms of the kind of the food 
and the whole cultural thing is very, very French influenced, despite the fact that it was actually a British colony for most of the time. It's been independent since about 1978. But it's kind of, it's very French, even though it was a British colony. Now, exploring the town is very interesting. Exploring the markets is very interesting. They have this little bus-style trolley train that'll take you on a tour through the town. It'll take you right out to the very popular botanical gardens. It's like a, uh, a, found, a, a, found, a waterfall that you can see. However, one of the things I would really say about Dominica, because it is so rugged and because it is so kind of wild, there are some hiking trips that you can do where you go into kind of the rainforests. But I would actually strongly recommend you kind of get onto the the sea and take a look at this island from the sea. There's a great tour, which is quite new, that I would really recommend, which is an RIB tour, the Rigid, rigid Inflatable Boat. It's a speedboat tour. Um, they make it sound more scary than it is, you know, I mean, you go quite fast, but it's not that rough and ready. So um, it really is really worth doing because it gives you a great mixture of sightseeing, it gives you a great mixture of history, culture, and you get a chance to snorkel. So, for example, what you do on this RIB tour, tour you head off <clears throat> and you stop for snorkeling, a place called Champagne Bay. And at Champagne Bay, you snorkel through seas that are literally bubbling from escaping gas from the volcanic action below the surface, which is slightly concerning that you've kind of got, you just realize underneath Dominica, there's all this kind of volcanic activity bubbling away, literally. But it's quite amazing. You swim through these kind of bubbling, uh, bubbles coming out of the rocks, hence the name Champagne Bay. From there, you will zoom off to um, a place called the Abyss. Now, basically, uh, much of the Caribbean was created through volcanic action. And volcanic action created these huge, steep mountains. But actually, as, as high up as they go, they're matched by equally deep and sudden pits in the, in the seafloor. So, and they're as deep as the mountains above. So at one point, for example, when we were cruising on the RIB, you know, we were in the sea and it was a couple of feet deep, I don't know, five or six feet deep. And then suddenly it plummets down apparently into this massive sheer drop you know just so it's really interesting the ruggedness that you're seeing is as far below you as well they then take you off to a place called Sofriere and it's a beautiful historic town it once was the kind of the major agricultural hub of Dominica coffee was the main crop uh, in this area before disease wiped it out as I mentioned earlier and then this is really the center of the lime business and the limes trees were right up the very steep hills and they used to pick them and zip line them down to the town and what's interesting in the town is the old roses lime factory where they used to make kind of uh, roses lime cordial etc which was actually destroyed in the 70s but um, many of you particularly from the UK will know hood of roses and this is really the heart it came from Dominica now, Sofria is really interesting because when you step onto the beach at Sofria, it's hot. And it's not hot from the sun, it's hot from underneath. So it's being heated from the volcanic action underneath the island. And you can then, you know, go up from the beach, you explore this, this, this town, and you can see the Roses Lime Cordial Factory, which I, which I mentioned. You can visit the Sofria Church, which is built of stone carved out of the mountains, an interesting mural about the whole role of the fishermen and, and life on, on Dominica. And then below this, the church is what they call a hot spa bathing area. And the water, again, is, is really hot and the sand is really hot. And again, it's because this, the water and the beach is being heated from underneath by this volcanic action, which is quite fascinating and scary at the same time. So, you know, I would really recommend the best way to see this beautiful island is spend some time kind of exploring the town, you know, the capital town, and go to some of the markets, perhaps visit the botanical garden. But then really to appreciate 
why it's called the nature island get out onto the sea use an rib trip or what a lot of people like to do is go whale watching because right around here and right around the island it's a very 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 uh, popular whale and dolphin viewing and so you know a lot of people will head out and the sperm whales will be fairly close to shore you know maybe three to eight miles off shore and the reason this, it's so easy to see whales is this area is used as a breeding ground and the chance of you seeing whales is very very high the RB boat will often try and zoom you out there and take a look at the whales. But, you know, whale watching is, is something that, that, you know, people really rave about. And these massive big whales really close to shore. 4 by 4 tour is another option because it's so kind of um, uh, hilly and whatnot. You, they take you on a 4 by 4 tour. And they'll particularly take you to where Pirates of the Caribbean were filmed, the rainforests, some gorges. And another popular thing to do is river tubing and visiting some of the falls like the hibiscus falls where you basically you'll kind of get on you know they'll take you sort of inland you'll get on a river sail down the river on a tube visit some of the waterfalls different options different lengths so but dominica is a great great destination it's on some cruise routes not many cruise routes it's got some very beautiful luxurious resorts it's really an island worth seeing it's absolutely stunning so those are a look at three of the islands of the Caribbean, St. Thomas, St. Martin, very popular, very big, very slick, beautiful beaches, and then Dominica, which is a whole mixture of kind of nature, beaches, and just the whole culture of the Caribbean. Remember, you can listen to other of my Caribbean podcasts by looking on iTunes and find out more about some of the other islands that I visited and some of the other tips. Or, of course, you can visit the site at tipsortravelers.com, search for Caribbean, and you'll find loads of advice and tip about the Caribbean. That's all I have in this podcast. In a future podcast, we're going to take a look at the whole area of duty-free and tax-free shopping in the Caribbean, which is a massive phenomenon. But until next time, here's to great travels. You've been listening to Gary Bembridge's Tips for Travelers podcast, the podcast of inspiration, advice, and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience. It draws on over 20 years of luxury travel experiences. Visit tipsfortravelers.com, where travelers are spelled with two L's, the UK way to find out more about the destination or topic covered in this podcast. You'll also find the links to contact Gary Bembridge and to follow up tips for travellers on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Flickr and Pinterest.